Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. The best of the Joe Show. We play back the best audio you've heard over the past 24 hours on this station, 560 The Joe, WQAM. And so far today, what you've heard from 6 to 10 a.m., The Joe Rose Show from 10 to 1, Dan Lebetard, 1 to 3, Stephen A. Smith from 3 to 6, the guys who just signed off, Hawk and Crowder, and from 6 to 7 weeknights, it is the show you're listening to, The Best of the Joe. I'm Dan Day. Let's dive into the headlines. Kane's coach Manny Diaz says that all three of the team's QBs are taking it well after Jaron Williams was named the starter yesterday. He did not say where in the depth chart Tate Martell and Nikosi Perry currently stand. Tonight, the Marlins open up a three-game home series with the Dodgers, who currently own the best record in the major leagues. The Fish plan to start Jordan Yamamoto, while L.A. will go with Clayton Kershaw. First pitch is at 7-10. The Dolphins are in Tampa practicing against the Buccaneers. Now Finns quarterback Ryan Fitzpatrick started a total of 10 games over the past two seasons for the Bucs. The two will play a preseason game there Friday, and you can listen to it here beginning with pregame at 3.30 on 560 The Joe WQAM. The Heat's schedule for next season has been released. Some games of note are the season opener here in Miami, October 23rd against the Grizzlies. The Lakers will be in town December 13th. And finally, Hassan Whiteside's return to Miami with the Blazers on January 5th. Reports are that Inter-Miami CF will sign Edinson Cavani. The Uruguayan superstar's contract expires at the end of the 2019-2020 season with current team PSG and could be ready to play in South Florida next year on opening day. Now, let's take a dive into the day spa. (sighs) Florida man was recently seen riding his bicycle around Broward County naked. Eventually, he stopped at a store and offered to buy a pair of underwear with his bicycle. The shop refused, so he left his bike and took the underwear. Minutes later, he decided to get naked again and started flashing drivers. The Florida man is now under arrest for lewd conduct. And the Combo County, Texas Sheriff's Department are asking for help in finding a wedding crasher who poses as a guest at receptions, then steals gifts. The thief seems to have a preference for gift cards, cash, and checks, but does not take any food, which, if you take a look at her on my Twitter page, at Dan Day Radio, is pretty surprising. Now on to weather, brought to you by Hialeah Park. Tonight's forecast calls for scattered thunderstorms with temperatures in the high 80s. Visit Hialeah Park Casino every Saturday and win your share of $10,000 in giveaways. Drawings all day long and it's free to enter. Visit HialeahPark.com for more details. As mentioned earlier in the headlines, The U have named Jaron Williams starting quarterback. Earlier today, the Joe Rose Show caught up with Miami head coach Manny Diaz. You think they touched on that topic? Also, they talked about the big uglies on the O and D line. No depth chart being released yet for the team. And how the Canes are facing this upcoming Florida game as if it were a bowl game. University of Miami head football coach Manny Diaz joins us this morning. Good morning, coach. How are you? Doing great. Good morning. How are you? Man, we're doing great, Coach, and uh, a tough decision I know you had to make yesterday um, with everything going on. I think everybody's just kind of curious when you go into making that decision, uh, 
what did you have to look at uh, with three guys so close? Can you just talk about the, the final things that you saw with, with Jaron Williams? Well, we were pretty consistent in terms of our evaluation throughout the entire time in terms of what mattered to us. Um, you know, again, which has been eliminating the, the, the critical errors, and then it comes down to decision-making, you know, accuracy, and then does a guy have a little bit of a knack for maybe making something happen special? Um, and, and I'll tell you, it's funny. I mean, I would sit there and watch, you know, during training camp, and I'd say, I'd say we, can, we can go do this with any of these three guys. I mean, it was really like that. I mean, I really felt like all three guys had elevated their play, um, you know, from, from certainly from spring, but even from, you know, the guys that were with this last season. And so, um, you know, I think what just separated Jaron is, you know, Jaron just has a, you know, his arm talent is obviously very, very good. And, and, and I think there was some, some instinctual things in terms of understanding just, you know, you know, it's just the understanding of position and sort of, you know, quarterbacking, you know, just really having a great feel for, for where to go with the ball. And, and, uh, and I think, you know, and I think his determination and toughness and some of those things won out. And, and that doesn't mean, like I said, that we couldn't have won with the other guys, but ultimately when you had to choose and, you know, we had, you know, we took down data for everything and, and we're very deliberate in terms of how we went through the process. But, uh, but I think everybody felt good about, about going with Jaron. How much of it had to do, uh, you, you talked about how bad the offense was in the first half of that last scrimmage how much of it had to do with the second half of the scrimmage and how he played was that did that finally put you over the top or do you have a pretty good idea before yeah but that but, but see here's a great example of uh, when you when you when you have to evaluate a scrimmage that, that, you know certainly that could be a part of it but that that would also there would be a suggestion that the other guys played well in the second half as well here's the thing though things cannot be going well and you can still evaluate a player individually, right? So, like, a play can be called. And so, for example, on a decision-making grade, uh, there may be a tight end who forgot right. to block the defensive end, right? Yeah. So it turns into a sack or, or something like that. and Or a, a pass might be dropped or a pass might be tipped at the last scrimmage. But you can still evaluate, you know, did he take the right drop? Did his eyes go to the right place? You know, did he, did he, did he choose the right, you know, did he press the right button in the old, you know, in the old video game? Um, and if those all things happen, you may not get the result of the play, Conversely, you can actually have the other thing happen, right? A guy can, you know, take a drop, uh, you know, read the coverage the wrong way, deliver the ball to a guy who may catch it, run for a first down, and that may actually not be, you know, the, the intent and, and the design of the play. So, that, you know, that's the idea of when you – that's why you watch the film and that's why we, you know, you have to be as thorough in your evaluation as possible because you can't always – you know, when you when you got a lot of guys out there who are learning what to do, you can't always say, okay, well, this is, you know, hey, if things are working, a guy may be playing good and things are not going well. Coach, uh, offensive line-wise, are you concerned at all? You have two young guys in the bookends, left and right tackle, uh, going into this now with Jaron. Are you concerned at all with the offensive line right now? Well, I'm concerned is the right word. Um, you know, I mean, I, I think we're I, – I, I think from the spring practice, I think we're continuing to improve at that position, you know. And then I think that's – you know, it, it, there, there's a let, – let's talk about whether you're talking about quarterbacks – it's about offensive line. You may be talking about secondary play. You may talk about anything. This, this game does not operate in vacuums, right? And so what I mean by that is that, you know, you know, just what we were just talking about. Okay, well, you know, we're, we're not scoring well. It must be on the quarterback. Or, or we're not running the ball well. Or we're not protecting. It must be on the offensive line. Or if we're not, you know, everything works in concert with, you know, each other. Um, so, you know, whether that's the way that we call plays, whether that's the way that we um, scheme things up, whether that's the way that we get the ball out, um, you know, every, everything has a place and everything works, you know, sort of hand in hand. We actually ran the ball very, very well on um, Saturday night. So, so I, I'm, I'm, I'm actually pleased with the progress of the offensive line. Um, you know, and again, we, we got some guys that are, that are, that are going to be young out there. But you know what? That's okay because guess what? The other guys do also. 
Hey, uh, Coach, uh, getting back to Jaron Williams, the, the other national story has been Tate Martell, who is a, you know, a, a pretty big recruit himself coming in from the, the transfer portal out of Ohio State and the, the guy not getting the job. How did he take it? What did you say to those guys, and what do you say? And everybody's curious now to see if they stay around. Well, we told all the guys, you know, that it was uh, that the competition was very close. That uh, that by no means that you know that even when Jaron won, that doesn't mean that he's perfect and you know and without you know flaws or that the idea is that he doesn't have to improve. We told all of them that they had all made massive strides because they have. They've all really, really improved, uh, and that they all need to continue to improve. Um, I thought all three guys took it really well, um, and you know, and, and the and the sort of the message is like, let's you know, let's get back here and let's get back ready to work. Um, so you know, I mean, to me, that's all a part of it. It's just the nature of the position. You know, you 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 know, you you want one guy. I think I feel like for a long time we've been needing a guy uh, to be our quarterback at Miami instead of you know, kind of going back and forth and so the, the team can rally around and that the, the fan base can rally around and look but yeah i mean we're going to be young but that's okay because we think uh we think the role to jaron we think we got a guy that we can rally behind and let's let's go do it you pretty set now coach on uh as you really focus on the florida gators now for the next week and a half on positions and rotations are some of the work still pretty open no there's a, there are definitely work you know we're not close to being able to announce the depth chart there are some spots that we definitely have to um, continue to battle it out and the neat thing about this week is now you get into some more of a game week mode because you start to say okay okay now we're playing florida okay this week you know against you know you know maybe talking to a lineman okay hey you know they line up in this front so we have to you know id the mic this way and turn the protection that way and on defense okay, we can make this adjustment in this backfield set, you can expect this run or whatever. And you will see guys that can handle that and guys that can't handle that because you've gone from playing against Miami every day throughout spring practice and throughout training camp, and now you're playing an opponent, right? So now you're starting to see, okay, who can handle game week adjustments because, you know, you have your rules, you have your scheme, and then you got to learn how to play that scheme against another opponent. So that also now uh, factors into the evaluation of guys that can actually function in a game instead of just seeing, you know, when you're going up against sort of the, the same thing day in, day out. Okay, hey, here's, here's a four-day week, and we have to, you know, we have to get our stuff, you know, ready to go play against their stuff. You know, can you handle that? So, so that, that, that evaluation can, continues to go on. Coach, I want to go to the other side of the ball real quick. Defensive line, defensive tackle. Uh, how are you feeling of the depth of that DT position right now? I know Nesta was a big loss, at least for the next you know six to eight weeks or whatever the case may be, and your bookends at defensive end. How are you feeling on the defensive line right now? I'm encouraged. I really am. You know, uh, John Ford continues to play at a very high level. You got Pat Bevel in there, and, and I think the, the arrival of Chigoze and Aruka, and then, and then the development of Jordan Miller, you know, has really given us the four guys that we can go in there and play with. And, you know, when we get Nesta back, you know, here in, a, in you know, however many weeks' time, I think it'll be great to have them back. And, you know, and again, that's what, that's what we should have. You know, we should have that, be, that rotation of guys that we can run in and out of that position where we can really stay fresh up front. Coach, how's Cameron Harris? Kind of been a big, strong guy, and then kind of people were putting social media stuff out that he was in bad shape with an injury. How's he doing? Cam Harris, a running back? Yeah, yeah, he's no, he's 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 fine. You know, he's he's and actually yesterday yesterday's practice, I thought he actually uh, ran the ball as as well as he has all training camp. So no, I mean Cam's Cam's good. You know, between, between him and you know DJ Dallas, who I feel like has has really flashed in all of our scrimmages. You know, I think uh, you know I think we've got a couple different options, a couple different. Um, 
styles of runner, you know, that can go in there and change some things up. Hey, Coach, uh, one position I love, and I, I can't wait to see how, how you guys are going to use it, your tight end position, especially with uh, Irvin playing well with Jordan and what Mallory did in spring football. Well, I'll tell you what, that's going to be fun. Do you see a lot of those guys playing together, a lot of two tight end stuff, Coach? That's certainly a possibility. Don't give up too much, Coach. Yeah. Welcome to Gainesville oh, yeah. right now. <laughs> oh, yeah. We're going to play with six tight ends at once. No offensive linemen. Very well done. It's a good position. Yeah, yeah, there we go. See? There, there we go. go. Yeah. Uh, no, we, we, it, it is, we, no, we do have – here's the neat thing. We, we, we've – We've got some weapons, and whether that's a tight end or wide receiver, running back, or whatever, and 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 we've got the ability to to get our best guys on the field and in, in, in a bunch of different ways. And this, and we're at a point now where you know the the games are here, and it's about creating favorable matchups that we can exploit. And you know, and and tight ends, they are they are the you know as you know very well, they are sort of the unique piece on the chessboard that uh, that 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 you can really have fun with in terms of how you create matchups. And, and so I expect all those guys to have good years for us. Coach Bubba Bolton is now on campus. I know he's been there for a couple of days now or a week or so. Uh, where does he fit in the system right now in the scheme right now? And how, how close is he to uh, getting to play and, and being with that first or second team? He's just learning right now, you know, because he's been with us for, I guess, four days and he had to go through the acclimatization process like, like all the guys do. So uh, today's actually his first day where he can, he can be, you know, in full pads like everybody else. So, uh, so we're, we're just kind of cross-training him across, you know, a couple different positions along our secondary, a couple different safety spots, and a couple different uh, spots in the sub-package, you know, and just seeing where he can fit in. And, you know, I think that's one of the unique advantages of our of our schedule. You know, obviously we've got the opener here coming up in a, in a week and a half, but you've got the thing, you've got a bye week, you know, then you play a couple more games and then you have another bye week, you know, so really before that stretch run and the ACC run. So we got we have some time to get all these guys uh, up to speed, but but it's been it's been fun having Bubba at practice these last few days for sure. Manny, you've been a defensive coordinator, so now you're the head coach. How are you spending most of your time? Is it has it been an adjustment? Do you still find yourself sneaking over to see the defensive side and kind of oh god, we can do this, or are you are you getting better at watching both sides? You mean like at practice, for example, or meetings yeah, yeah, or, yeah, yeah, the whole know, thing, the whole works, yeah, the whole works, like meetings to well, on well. the field. Well, you know, you're, you you have to have uh, your hand in both. But I know this. You know, we're it's really really important that we play championship defense at the University of Miami because that's still the foundation of of all the great Miami teams. So we've got a great defensive staff. You know, Blake Baker's doing a great job as our coordinator with Ephraim Bond and all those other guys over there. Uh, but I'm always going to be highly involved in what's going on over there. That being said, <laughs> you know, that being said, it's it, it's been great to you know Danny knows you know has I've got full confidence in him to run the offense. Um, it's been great for me to, to get in there with those guys and sit and, and um, you know, be in the quarterback meetings and, and that type of stuff. So, so you, you find you find a way to to, to, to have the balance. Um, but but rule one is get a really really good staff and and, and let those guys do their job and and uh, you know and, and have the ability to coach your coaches and that's really what's going on right now. Coach, two names that have come up a lot in our text machine are from fans: uh, Jalen Phillips and Lorenzo Lingard. Any updates on them and what's going on with them? Or I know Jalen's just kind of getting acclimated to everything, but Lingard with the injury and getting back into playing. Well, Jalen, we've known all along that Jalen's not going to be eligible to play this year. So you know, um, that's just sort of his. He's in school. He's you know he's here. He's good. It's great having him on our campus. And then and then Lorenzo is just you know every day we're just you know piling more and more workload on top of him. So um, and he's really responding and really getting confidence and in his. Way. And so, 
it's just, it's been really encouraging just to see the the work he's putting in and and uh, and you know hopefully we'll, we'll be able to unveil him here pretty soon. Game plan's out yet, coach, or is that still a few days away before you you put offensive and defensive game plans in for for this first game? No, no, we're treating this very much like a um, very similar to what you would do with like a, with a bowl game or you know you okay. gotta remember the old like uh, you know like a Super Bowl like you you take this week and we're going to prepare like we're playing this Saturday. Um, you know, put everything in. You know, practice through a game week, and then that you know that gives us a chance to really get it installed, get it figured out, practice it, let's go play it, and then you come back next week and you do it again. So that you know the kids are really, really familiar with it. Coaches have had a chance to, say, yeah, you know what, maybe this is this was a good idea, but you know, I don't know. And, and you know, it just gives you it gives yeah. you two you know sort of two laps around the, the, the racetrack to really decide uh, how you know how good we feel about our, our plan. And then, you know, and again, it's game one, right? I mean. This is this is going to be a game where it's going to be the the, the best game plan is going to be be the best tackling team, you know, be the best blocking team, be great right. on special teams. You know, that's that's normally what determines openers in games like this. Coach, before we let you leave, you excited? Your first game is next week. You're the head coach. You're looking forward to this at all? I know a lot of head coaches stick their head in the books all night and watch tape all night. But are you looking forward to this? Your first game next week? Hmm. Gee, I don't know. Let me see. Uh, you yeah, don't sound you know, it. Yeah, I'm pretty excited. Josh, geez, you know, like you know. Yeah, like like I'm missing uh, missing out something that I should be doing on you know oh I could be taking yeah. my kids back to school shopping you know what I mean like yeah I think I'm pretty excited you know the Miami Hurricanes hey the Miami Hurricanes are getting ready to play uh, here in about ten days I think that's uh, that's reason for everybody to get excited but yeah me 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 first in line that's gonna be uh, that's gonna be fun I know everybody's already talking about it. coach thank you so much for spending time with us we really appreciate it we'll talk to you soon always enjoy it, guys have a great day. Oh, very excited, and don't look now, not this Saturday, but the next. It is that Miami versus Florida matchup. And, of course, you can hear the pregame, the postgame, the whole game right here on 560 The Joe WQAM. You know who else you can hear on this station? Weekdays, 10 to 1, it's Dan Lebitard. We're going to check in with him next, and he's going to tell us how A-Rod has some questionable rental car practices. Keep it tuned. You are listening to the Best of the Joe Show. The best of the Joe show back at you. I am Dan Day. In just a minute, going to get to one of the other Dans here at the radio station, Dan Levitar. But first, I want to tell you, join 560 WQAM and Zach Krantz this Friday at 3 p.m. in the North Plaza at Hard Rock Stadium for the second day of the Dade County Federal Credit Union three-day car sale. Zach will be giving away Finns tickets to the Jaguars game, and there will be great deals on hundreds of new cars. Speaking of cars, A-Rod recently had a run-in with a rental car. Maybe next time he and J-Lo should just take the free shuttle at the airport. Plus, Stugat's got sleaze. So Greg Cody of the Miami Herald is back uh, from a vacation that I don't want to talk about, but he does. Uh, Maybe (laughs) we'll get to it. We get his list of topics Uh, every day. It's always about him. It's always flimsy, and it's always about him. Right. Uh, but Good starting on, point. But on his list of topics today, he's got a list of topics, and one of them is A Rod had five hundred grand worth of goods stolen from his rental car, and I just think that's a watch. I think he just had a watch stolen. Just one watch. I mean, I, or <laughs> one whatever. piece of jewelry. I don't. I mean, I, what do you think? <laughs> I think maybe one, two tops. I mean, that's Ev- it. evidently there is a can. Uh, not it's not Candlestick Park anymore, but uh, that they've had a rash of break-ins. It hasn't been Candlestick Park for about twenty years, I think. Yeah. It's been AT and T park, and but, nobody else is using it. So. Well, I am terrible at these. I am terrible at these stadium names and ballpark names because they got too many changes in sponsorship, and I don't want yeah. to be referring to these 
ballparks is anything other than candlestick. They knocked down Ebbets Field, by the way. Jewelry and electronics is what was taken from this rental car. Do you think he like checks in at like uh, Nationwide or like uh, Budget and is like, "Hi, Rodriguez." Do you think he goes through that whole process and asks, and they try to upsell him on the protection for the vehicle? And he's like, "Yeah, I'll do that." And it's like, "No, I want to go up one class in minivan." Do you think he does that? Whole- When's the last time he's actually rented his own car? I think he, I think he, I think he did it this time, right? I think he did. You think he takes the fast pass, like? That he does it so often? <laughs> I think he has no idea how to rent his own car. You have A-Rod on the shuttle bus going yeah, from the yes, rent? Yeah. You do, really? Oh, yeah. All right. Absolutely, yeah, going to Alamo. So wait a minute, yeah. so you've got, so if he's Alamo on, bus. all right, so just to be clear, if he's on a trip with J-Lo, you have A-Rod yeah. and J-Lo in the airport bus from the rental right. car that yeah. smells like feet. Yeah, oh, waiting yeah. in line behind a family of eight. Him calling the hotel to see if they provide a free trolley. Oh, there's our Hilton Garden Inn shuttle. Let's hop in, J-Lo. But they're both wearing sunglasses, so nobody will recognize them. Guillermo, put it on the poll, uh, please, at Levitard Show. Does A-Rod take the airport uh, rental car <laughs> shuttle? So, Cody, this is your topic. All you've done is laugh. So right. do you have something for us on this subject, or you just want to laugh? Well, it's in- it's it's incredible to me that if you have $500,000 worth of anything in your rental car, you don't need to be renting a car. Have a private car. Show for you places. It's a good point. Yep. You and know. and if you do have to go with a rental car, you should not leave a half million dollars worth of stuff in the rental right. car. Right. Put it in the trunk. It's got to be no, not even in the trunk. I would say it has to be on you the entire right. time. Wear it, right? Have yeah. a bodyguard. Yes. I mean, what's he doing driving a rental car anyway? Yeah. Well, it's no doubt a Ford Taurus that he rented from budget. Right. Isn't it so scary the first time you drive over the spikes? Oh, oh it's yeah. the worst. No, it's always yeah. like this is going to be the time. It is scary. But Mike, every time after it's still scary. Always. Right. Yeah. This is going to be the time where all my tires are going to explode. Yes. Are they not? Yes. Yeah. You yeah. think A-Rod asks, like, any chance I could get a free upgrade when he's at the yeah, rental car counter or no? No, he yeah. wouldn't dare. And I think he puts his, like, right hand with the World Series ring and he just, like, knocks it on the table a little bit. You think, you think it was his ring that was stolen? What was stolen? Do we have any, like, information on what yeah, they stole? jewelry and electronics. Could it have been his World Series ring? That's really reckless. What does that mean? There's a laptop, a camera, uh, jewelry, as Mike just said, some wow. more electronic equipment. Imagine like what's that. on that laptop, baby. Guillermo, put it on the pole. Go sit in the penalty box for a couple minutes. What? Uh, Greg, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta go there. Um, do some ah! compliance while yeah. you're out there. <laughs> do some compliance? What does that mean? <laughs> At Levitard Show uh, on Twitter, if you don't mind, Guillermo, are you always afraid when you drive over the rental car bikes? Uh, Chris, you can't do that enough every time someone gets kicked out of the room. You standing, I scared everyone in here. You standing up and doing that umpire third strike call, I you, you simply can't do it you enough. You need to be a little careful, though, because Allison was getting up to run over to do an Instagram Live, and you almost punched her in the head. There is That is a dangerous uh, That'd zone. That'd also be two minutes. That is a dangerous zone back there. I believe Allison once was trying to throw something at Billy and hit Chris in the face. It seems like that whole place back there is a bit of a hazard hazard zone uh, because of the emotional tempest that is the three personalities back there. Yeah, it gets crazy back here. I was imagining A-Rod at the front desk. I, I, I imagine he leaves no doubt. He wants them to know that he's famous. So he walks up, he says, I'm former Yankee Alex Rodriguez. Yeah. I mean, why wouldn't you Just do in that? case, because yes. you know, most people know just by looking, but he lets them know. The reports are saying, by the way, it was worth a, a lot more than a half million dollars that he was in an SUV. It was parked at Oracle Park, and that's around 10 o'clock is where they stole everything. An SUV. So yes, you got the upgrade, he upgraded the to the SUV. You got the yeah. upgrade for, yeah. from the Sonata. Yeah, but way more than a half million. The Yankee connection's weird, right? 
Like, am I the only one that thinks it's weird that he wants to be, like, the Yankee-associated player? He's like, oh, I was a Yankee. I was a Yankee. And it's like, dude, they kicked you out of here. Like, they wanted you out of there. What? Are you, why are you so proud to say you were a Yankee? Say you're, like, a Mariner or whatever. Wouldn't you be proud if you somehow survived the nuclear holocaust of the largest ban in baseball history to have everything in tank and the Yankees are paying you as a special advisor and you're the voice and face of baseball for the worldwide <laughs> leader in sports? I, I, That's a miracle. That's like... He should be on the list of greatest magicians ever above Houdini. The Yankees somehow hated him and are going to retire his number. That is correct. Yep, he won. While he manages their team. (laughs) Not even him. He's not going to be bothered. He's going to be with J-Lo. His Hall of Fame bust is going to manage the Yankees. J-Lo's managing the team. Put it on the poll at Lebetard Show here. We've got so many A-Rod and J-Lo questions. I believe he introduces himself at the, uh, you know, the Enterprise rental car desk as hello i am j-lo's boyfriend and yankee champion alex rodriguez (laughs) man you guys talk about some weird (laughs) time for some ads catch me this friday on shark tank (laughs) (laughs) and saturday on fox and sunday on espn Uh, i'm a media empire that's right Uh, where's my taurus guillermo put it on the poll please uh <laughs> is A Rod one of the world's greatest magicians? Yes or no? <laughs> Blink people, we're nearing the again. Go watch that screwball movie. It's crazy. It's crazy. He got banned for a year and deserved more. <laughs> it's the longest ban in the history of the sport, and he should have gotten more. Just watch the screwball movie. I'm at. I'm halfway through it. I love the. Uh, I love when Tony Bosch shows up at A Rod's hotel room, and A Rod said, "Whatever you gave Manny, give it to me." That's right. <laughs> That's how high that's how high end sophisticated the Miami operation of steroids work. Go to the tanning salon, give me the stuff Manny's using. But he does the same exact introduction to Tony Bosch as he does at the Enterprise rental car. Right? I'm AL MVP World Series champ, New York Yankees. Catch me on Fox, Shark Tank, Alex Rodriguez, J Lo's boy. Narcissistic Greg Cody of the Miami Herald is back from vacation and has very little in his arsenal today other than wanting to talk about his vacation. We will see if we get to that in a second. Mike, you would have enjoyed uh, Greg Cody making the argument during the break because he is jealous of Stugatz being on some rising media star list. Uh, Greg Cody was saying that they should have a top 65, under 65 rising stars in the media business because he believes he qualifies. And Stugatz was feuding on around the horn with all the people who would be on that list yesterday. (laughs) Plashkey and Woody Page. Kornheiser would not be in the group of under 65. He's over 65. That's good for Greg. It is good for me. Weed out all the competition. Um, Before we get to that, however, uh, we want to show you a peek behind the curtain about what we're trying to do around here, all of which is to get Stugatz, the sleaziest, least credible member of sports media you will find anywhere in sports media. Thanks, Dan. All the way up to the stratosphere where he plants a flag eventually on Michael Wilbon's head, on my head, on Woody Page's head, on all of old journalism. And at the end, the monkey wins. The monkey (laughs) waves. uh, And so he's climbing and accruing more and more power. He's on around the horn a lot more. We were begging for how many years? A decade. 
a damn decade to get him on around the horn. And there was always, no, you don't have the credentials. You got to be a newspaper guy. You got to write something. And then Stugatz wrote something about his dad. And they're like, okay. Yes. Appreciate you writing that. It was that and <laughs> the fact I did nobody a Final knows Four. I, nobody knows I helped you with that. I, listen, you helped me out. It was pretty obvious. I mean, everyone knows I can't write like that. It was really well done. Uh, but I also did the Final Four. So those two pieces and you guys urging, yelling, the screaming. Final, the lacrosse Final Four? Yeah, the women's big. lacrosse Final Four. Those two pieces. Those are two very impressive. different Final Fours. I, I was leaving the women's lacrosse board out of it, hoping no one noticed. But anyway, uh, those two pieces, along with Dan, Mike, the shipping container all screaming at the top of their lungs and the Stugatz army helped me get on this show and it's been glorious <laughs> if you're not aware though okay Stugatz is this person he plays on the radio the people who developed around the horn realized that 10 years ago the original incarnation of this show on television was supposed to be many years ago before around the horn flourished before highly questionable existed before high noon existed the producers of pti wanted the spinoff to be this radio show and they came down to miami to see if they could televise our radio show and we were talking to jim brown about his playgirl centerfold in which he was trying to make a woman jealous by doing the playgirl centerfold they uh, packed up their briefcases left and said we will not be able to televise this but <laughs> one of the things that they said we were talking about Jim Brown. We were talking with him about his endowment and how he was trying to make women jealous uh, by by appearing in Playgirl. In the hallway, as they packed up their stuff and realized they could not televise this suet, they looked at me and said, with total stunned incredulity, wow, Stugatz is really that. <laughs> like, he's not acting. He's during the breaks. He's really that. <laughs> And so they refused to put him on television for many years. Thanks. And so now he's on television. Now he's on around the horn. The climb continues. And if you've been watching and in on the secret, you have to be delighted as Stugatz climbs up the ladder. However, there remains a bit of a credibility problem. Let's listen to how Stugatz started the radio show yesterday on the subject of Antonio Brown. I mean, it's ridiculous. The fact that he's even saying this and suggesting that, hey, I might retire if I can't wear the helmet I've worn for the last 10 years. Do me a favor. Put your helmet on and play football. I had Sarah tired of it. Antonio Brown, there are people who would give anything to get 30 million. They'd wear whatever you would tell them to wear for 31 million guaranteed dollars plus the ability to make a, an additional 60 million dollars. They would go to work naked every day. How about that? Good so, take. Strong take. A, a good, good take. take. Uh, not, however, the take that Stugatz would give hours later when on around the horn and needing to be more credible. What Antonio Brown is saying here is this helmet protrudes in a way that cuts off his sight lines and vision for a wide receiver is pretty important. So I'm all for the NFL improving the safety for its players, but I'm also all for the NFL sitting down with its players and saying, hey, this new helmet, how can we improve upon it so you can see the football better? I don't think that's an unfair ass from oh, Antonio Brown. Oh, he points. got points. Yeah, yeah. He points. knew how to get yeah. points. He wasn't going to get points the yeah. other way. I heard a point there. <laughs> he had to pivot and get a point. Uh, can I explain myself? I'm going to explain myself because when you're an around-the-horn veteran, Dan, okay, you have to size up what's going on in the game. I'm there to win that game. And when Plashke and Woody Page give the take that I gave to start the radio show, I need to then pivot to your take. <laughs> Eddie. 
that's, you're not going to get any points the way that you're doing on the radio when you're giving the outrage take that everyone else is given earlier than they're giving it. The order is very important in that show, and those two guys stole my thunder. And so, uh, and then I stole yours. How about that? <laughs> you borrowed mine and repurposed it. Uh, and thank you to Antonio Brown for doing all the things that he did to carry us through the weekend with his absurdities. He now, of course, reports to camp, uh, and the threat was an idle one to quit all of football. He won't even miss a day. All of this is stupid because it was discovered, uh, Mike Florio said this on his show, that he could still wear the same helmet as long as he finds one that's under 10 years old. So he can, the, the model on the sight lines, it's all BS. He just wanted to wear the same helmet he's always worn. He can wear the same exact helmet, just get one that's not 10 years old. It's clear now that he went to the Raiders beforehand and was like, look, I'm going to show up. I'm just going to try to use a negotiation tactic here. Right. Someone's sitting on that helmet, right? Like, he's going to negotiate. We should scoop them up. Yes, and we should. Sell all them of to them. Him. Yes. yes. How yes. do we do that? What's the company? Let's <laughs> scoop them all up. It's a uh, it's a shut helmet. It's a shut All helmet. of them? I mean, this is going to no, cost no, no, a lot of money. Because here's I'll, the thing. You, the, uh, you need the, to get exactly. Dan. He was willing to retire and give up $60 million or something. $90 million. What do you think he's going to pay for these helmets if we have all of them? Well, we shouldn't do it, but the Chiefs should. <laughs> if it's a shut air advantage. I mean, we should, if there's an NFL team that should do it, it's the Steelers. But if there's a non-NFL team that should do it, it's right. us. Actually, you're right. The also, Steelers would be even better. Also, it has to fit his head, right? Yeah. That's so, why we need to buy all of them, because we don't know his head size. Yeah. Okay, very good, Billy. Good, that's a good plan. Go ahead and see if you can recruit Jose Canseco. And when you're done chasing Bigfoot, see if you can buy up all the helmets with one another one of your glorious plans that isn't going to go anywhere with someone else's money. Stugatz got skills. Antonio Brown got helmets. Both of those with a question mark. Stephen A. Smith, he's got vocal cords, and he's going to be using them next as he goes coast to coast on the Best of the Joe Show. The Best of the Joe Show. I'm Dan Day. Thanks for listening. Give me a follow at Dan Day Radio and at 560 WQAM. Playing back some of the best audio you've heard on this radio station over the past 24 hours. Stephen A. Smith. Love that guy. Seriously, I think he could read the phone book and I would be enthralled. Earlier today, he spit some love and hate coast to coast. Starting off railing against the Yankees and people in South Florida can feel that because there's a lot of transplants and... If you're a native South Floridian, you probably have a feeling about the Yankees one way or another. He also shows some love to what he believes is going to be a great L.A. basketball scene, then goes up to Oakland, talks about Antonio Gates. So truly going coast to coast and showing some love and hate to all three major sports here in the United States. Stephen A. Smith. Somebody, somebody. And I'll get into that a little bit later on in the show. Had the temerity, the unmitigated goal, as far as I'm concerned, to talk about how the New York Yankees do not need a buffed rotation in order to win a World Series. Yes, the hell you do. Let me just get this off my chest right now. CeCe Sabathia on the men, Tanaka being inconsistent, J.A. Happ, I've never believed in him. Let me be very, very clear about what I'm saying. When you look at what the Houston Astros did, before the trading deadline expired. The fact of the matter is their rotation is much, much better than the New York Yankees. And pitching, to me, wins World Series championships. I see the Bronx Bombers beating up on the hapless Baltimore Orioles. I see Gleyber Torres being treated like the second coming of Barry Bonds. 
I see the Orioles manager talking about how he's obliterated us. He's massacred us. So, damn it, I got tired of it, and I intentionally walked them with two people on anyway. I ain't give a damn. I see the 13 home runs against the Orioles and then 13 home runs in 92 other games against everybody else. Yeah, you could beat up on a little guy. Hell, I could beat. I, 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 listen, it ain't, it ain't tough to be the tallest dude in a small man's contest. It ain't that tough. And that's not to say that's what the Yankees are doing, but let's be clear. Let's be very, very clear. I'm telling you right now, when you look at it and you call it what it is, the New York Yankees, I don't care what anybody says. I I can't believe I'm about to say that. I, the way the, Nets, the Mets have been looking, I'd give them a better chance to win the World Series because I believe in their pitching more than I believe in the Yankees. I don't give a damn. How many times have you seen the Yankees smacking home runs all over the place until October and then suddenly they can't find their bats when they really, really need it? A la Game 7 in Houston. In the ALCS a couple of years ago. You need pitching. You need pitching. And for some reason, Brian Cashman wasn't able to get it before the trading deadline. For some reason, it didn't happen. And I'm just not a believer. I th- of course, the Yankees are going to the postseason. Hell, they might go to the ALCS. They beat the Houston Astros. Hell no, I wouldn't bet my money on it. Wouldn't bet my money on it. 888-SAY-ESPN-888-729-3776. You are listening live to the Stephen A. Smith Show, which is being brought to you by the new Shell V-Power Nitro Plus Premium Gasoline. Now with four levels of defense against gunk, wear, corrosion, and friction. Believe it or not, despite my diatribe just now against the New York Yankees, that wasn't even a focal point of what I wanted to talk about and wanted to leave with, with today's show. Usually, before I get into my diatribe, I'd say it's time for Straight Talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. That was just on my heart, on my chest. Because of the way the Yankees are looking right now and how everybody's getting beside themselves. I'm not sold on this rotation. Now, I don't believe in the middle relievers can deliver you the goods and a roll just Chapman can deliver. He's no Mariano Rivera. I don't believe it. They'll be formidable. They'll be a contender. But and you, you, do you bet your money on them against the Astros? Absolutely, positively not. So I just want to say that. I just want to say that. I will tell you that right now I'm in L.A. I'm about to film a commercial. And being out here in L.A. is just a beautiful thing. Sun is shining, beautiful palm trees, as always. You know what time it is. But just looking at the hub of the NBA, it's L.A., It's L.A. As far as I'm concerned, anything associated with the NBA should be in L.A. right now. I think the two best teams in basketball are right here in L.A. I think the championship comes down to the Lakers and the Clippers. Philadelphia 76ers will have something to say about it. Boston Celtics will have something to say about it. Once Kevin Durant gets back to Brooklyn healthy, he might have something to say about it. But I'm telling you for the moment right now, for the time being, I'm here to tell you, The hub of the basketball universe resides in Los Angeles, California. Basketball, this is the Mecca right now. Ladies and gentlemen, 
the Staples Center is the one arena in the entire NBA that will have a championship contender on its basketball court all 82 games of the regular season. No other arena can say that. You know why? Because teams only get 41 home games a year. But the Staples Center have two teams playing in the same arena. And I happen to believe they're the two favorites to win the championship. For the time being, I want to transition back to some National Football League news because no surprise, Antonio Brown making an absolute fool of himself, fighting over, not wanting to wear a new helmet and comply, not wanting to comply with NFL new safety measures to protect the players and potentially avoid concussion protocols and, and hopefully prolong individuals' careers. Antonio Brown was fighting against all of this because he wants to wear the same helmet he's been wearing for years, which is outdated and no longer falls under the compliance rules of the National Football League. So does he complain? No. He doesn't stop there. Does he argue about it? No, he doesn't stop there. Does he hire an attorney and get his agent Drew Rosenhaus involved? No, he doesn't stop there. Does he hire an attorney and go and argue with the NFL? No, he doesn't stop there. This dude decides that he is going to quit football and forfeit $30 million unless he gets to wear the exact helmet he wants to wear. I told you yesterday he was lying his behind off. I told you that yesterday. He wasn't sacrificing no $30 million. Don't let him fool you. He's going to get that money. You know, matter of fact, when people tell you they don't need money, unless it's Warren Buffett, Bill Gates, or somebody like that, don't believe them. They need the money. Always remember that. Always remember that. Stephen A. Smith always fired up. Kind of gets me fired up if you couldn't already tell. I'm always fired up to listen to him on this station weekdays from 1 to 3 p.m. Running down the lineup real quick and get your cup of joe in the morning here with the Joe Rose Show, 6 to 10 a.m. Dan Levitard from 10 to 1. 3 to 6, it is Hockman and Crowder. Interesting story. Help out with that show. And earlier today, Mark Hockman was running through the lineup here at our radio station and next door at our sister radio station, 790 The Ticket. And he left out the best of the Joe Show. I walked in and I said, what are you doing, man? Why don't you show me some love? He said, you never play any of our clips on the best of the Joe. So I might have to change that going forward in the future. If you're looking for a change of plans tonight and didn't plan on watching or catching the Marlins game, hey, they got a pitcher's duel going on. Jordan Yamamoto going to be going for the Marlins, for the Dodgers, the great Clayton Kershaw. Yeah, that's going to be pretty, 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 pretty good. And that's starting in just a few minutes at 7.10, so be on the lookout for that. Also excited for MLS soccer in Miami. Edinson Cavani may sign with Inter-Miami FC. The Uruguayan superstars contract with PSG is up at the end of this season, so next season could start MLS in March in Miami. That is going to be fun. I guarantee I'm going to be drunk at a couple of those games, cheering as loud as I possibly can. Whether you're drinking or not, please follow us on social media 
at 560 WQAM on Twitter. You can get at me at Dan Day Radio. And if you want to listen to podcasts from any of the shows that you heard previously on this radio station, including this one, it's real simple. Go where you get your podcast, get them for absolutely free. If you want it even more simple, you can go to our website, WQAM.com. I'm Dan Day. Spanish and Company is next, right here on 560 The Joe, WQAM. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. Back clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.